Welcome back. Welcome back. Brand new episode of Raise the Apple. The Mets are still killing it. They win two out of three in Arizona. They're now 27 and 21 on the year. Six and four in their last ten. They've now opened their lead in the division to four and a half games over the Braves and Phillies who are tied for second. And then the Marlins and Nationals are tied for third, last, whatever you want to call it. And they are only six games back. So they are both very well much over the how much is left in the season in striking distance. The Mets' four-and-a-half game lead in the division is still the largest division lead in Major League Baseball. The next closest, as I look right now, is in the AL Central. The White Sox have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Indians. The Indians still finding ways to win despite losing Lindor and Carrasco. A lot can happen, though. That's the great thing with baseball. A lot can happen. I mean, the Twins stink right now, but the Twins could very well catch fire. They're a very talented team. They were... I had that. I don't remember in my predictions where I had the Twins finishing, but I can tell right now that if they don't start turning things around very quickly, I'm going to be very, very wrong on where the Twins end up. But, as I just said, two out of three in Arizona. They lost the middle game. Edwin Diaz blew his first save of the year. Trevor May came in in, the t- in extra innings. There, Josh Reddick hit the RBI hit. A little bit of controversy only because it looked like it was foul. It was definitely to the right of the first baseline, but that doesn't matter. As long as it clips any part of the white line, it's a fair ball. It doesn't matter if it's you know to the right or to the left, if it's going down the third base side. As long as it touches the white line, it is a fair ball. And when you looked at the camera angle, they... I may have missed an angle or two that they showed, but it looked like it might have touched it, but you couldn't really tell if it touched. I believe the initial ruling was fair, and then the Mets challenged it. There has to be significant evidence to overturn it, if especially on a fair foul call. There has to be significant evidence to turn it over that they determined there wasn't. Trevor May still insists it was foul. I wish we had a much better angle. It may have ticked it. I don't. I can't really tell, but the call stood. The Mets lose that one. That was a. There was also a little bit of drama in that game. Earlier in the game, you had uh, Josh Rojas of the Diamondbacks and Stroman exchanging some words, causing the benches to clear for a little bit. No punches thrown or anything like that. Just verbal stuff. So thankfully, there were no punches thrown, which would have led to suspensions or potential injuries. No one was ejected because of that. It was just a little scruff. So thankfully, all that settled out. Now the Mets will head to San Diego for the next couple days before returning home. That should be a very interesting series, considering Fernando Tatis Jr. left the game, Padres game, the other night with an oblique issue. For precautionary reasons, the Padres took him out. That could be big news because it could determine if Tatis is available or not for that series. Tatis, the only thing holding him back. He was my prediction to win MVP this year. The only thing holding him back right now is he keeps landing on the injury list. He had COVID, and then I believe he had another injury earlier in the year. It's just he's playing tremendous. He's just getting hurt too much. And I no fault to their own. Their injuries are through the roof. And we have the shortened year last year. Gary Cohen was saying the other day, it's a lot of soft tissue injuries. So people are thinking that it's related to 
you know, having the shortened season last year and being all screwy and then having to jump back into the normal season this year. We'll see how it we'll see how that pans out. It's certainly gonna be interesting to see if Tatis is available or not. It's a big blow for baseball if he's not available, but for the Mets that may work out that may work out in their favor. The other Mets thing I wanted to talk about today and then the major league baseball recap today is gonna to be Mostly stat leaders, division standings, and uh, stuff like that. But for the Mets, I was thinking the other night as to who the Mets will be sending to Colorado for the All-Star game. It's never too early to think about it. The All-Star game is about end of July, so about a little over a month and a half away. The Mets are definitely going to be sending multiple people. Right As of right now, I think multiple Mets will be heading to Colorado. Jake, no doubt. Jake should be and probably will be starting that game as of right now. Other Mets that will be going with him, Taiwan Walker certainly deserves some consideration. Uh, certainly deserves to be there. Again, this is assuming these guys continue the run they're on all the way up until then. Taiwan Walker deserves to be there. Stroman might get some consideration in the bullpen. Diaz is the question mark only because of he did blow a save uh, the other night, his first save of the year. But in safe situations, besides that, he's been lights out. But in non-safe situations, he has struggled. So that may play a factor if he gets an all-star now or not. Miguel Castro, I think, is probably, as of right now, the most deserving arm in the bullpen of an all-star nod. So right now, you have potentially three or four guys already going. Offensively, the Mets have been a scrappy little bunch because of all the injuries. There's, I don't know if there's really one offensive guy that stands out. Lindor, maybe if he continues to pick it up until then, maybe James McCann. But right now, a very, very dark horse all-star possibility for the Mets. Now hear me out. May end up being on the final, final vote ballot or maybe an injury replacement like Shane Bieber was a couple years ago, and then that's when Shane Bieber's career kind of took off. Tomas Nito, I think, is a very much a dark horse all-star potential. Now, in terms of catchers in the National League, you got Wilson Gutierrez, you got Yachty. Yachty might be the favorite right now. You have Will Smith. You have JT Realmuto. There's a bunch of options for catchers in the National League. Not to mention, Tomas Nito is not playing on an everyday basis. So, he de- I don't know. I don't think he will be in the conversation in terms of starting the All-Star game. But he definitely might be in that conversation for... He could be there. He could be in the All-Star game. So, right now, you'd have DeGrom and Taiwan Walker, I think, are almost definite right now. Stroman is a very strong possibility. Diaz is a big maybe. Miguel Castro, I think, definitely deserves a lot of a lot more consideration than he might get. And then Tomas Nito. And then, of course, if Lindor or Pete pick it up significantly until the All-Star game or continue to keep going, same with James McCann, they could also be there. VR, I thought of in the situa- same situation as Nito, where he could be a dark horse All-Star considering his impact on the team. But... I think right now I would take Nito over VR. I know VR's been great. I'm not discrediting that, but I think I might take slight advantage to Nito over VR. But again, that just might that just might be me. And also VR was taken out of the game yesterday because of injuries, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. 
So depending on how that happens, we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. But Mets could be Mets will send a good amount of All Stars, I think, this year, which is great. That's great for the Mets. Historically, they've had one, maybe two. I like, or actually, I don't like it. I love that MLB has at least one person from each team has to be there, because when you think of the All Star Game. The All-Star Game is to show the best of the best, but it's also meant to showcase so showcase guys that not every fan gets to see. So, like, this is a great opportunity for all of baseball fans to see Otani, and especially East Coast fans, to see Otani, uh, Bellinger, Bauer, uh, not Mike Trout because he'll be injured. Uh, who was the one I was just about to say? Tatis is the uh, one I was just about to say. Anyone on the Mariners. A lot of guys that East Coast fans or West Coast fans that don't get to see on the East Coast. You know, maybe a Jacob deGrom or a Garrett Cole or who else is there? You know, you got the Harpers and everyone. It's a great opportunity to for fans to see guys that they don't normally get to see. And that's why I like everybody having at least one representative there so every team's represented. A lot of people don't like that because a team like the Pirates that stinks, that really doesn't have a guy that's deserving, there's always one guy. You know, I think right now looking at the Pirates roster, I think probably Adam Frazier is the most likely to get that nod for the Pirates, but we'll see. A lot could change between now and then, so we'll see what happens with that. But those are my predictions for what Mets. As regards for the Home Run Derby, the only Met that I think has a legitimate chance of being picked for the Derby is Pete. Conforto probably could have been if Conforto was healthy. But the Mets aren't going to be a home run team. And that's okay. You know, in a team in a sport that's quickly becoming three true outcomes in home run strikeout walk. The Mets aren't going to pl- Mets don't play that way. They don't rely on the home run, which is great. They don't have a lot of home runs, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. They have timely homers, which I think is much better than just mashing a bunch of homers. Pete, I think, will be lead the team in homers, as always. How many he ends up with, I say this year in the 30 to 40 range, and that's still very good. You know, Lindor might be in the 20 to 30 range. McCann, McNeil, uh, can. Conforto, yeah, Conforto 20-30. McCann, McNeil, uh, who else could be in that mix? Nito maybe in the 10-20 to 20 range. I think Pete is the only Met that would even be considered for the Home Run Derby. The Home Run Derby is going to be awesome in Colorado, especially considering it's in Coors Field, like we just said. And also, when you look at the Home Run leaders right now, in all of baseball, you got Acuna, Vlad Guerrero, Tatis, Otani, Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers, who no one is talking about, who for a little bit was leading all of baseball in homers. And then you have Ryan McMahon or Trevor Story, if you want a Rocky in the Derby, Mitch Haniger, Devers, uh, Javi Baez, a lot of big names that'll be mashing if you have them in the derby, which will be super exciting to watch. I I cannot wait for it. But that's pretty much all going on with the New York Mets. Like I said, opening a series in, in San Diego this week. 
tough if you're on the East Coast because they're at 10-10, so you'll be up till close to 1 in the morning every for the next three nights watching them. But hopefully they can keep the streak going. Win two out of three. Sweeps are always fun, but winning series, like I've said before, winning series is the key for this team. They can't be, afford to be getting swept. They can't afford to be losing series. they got to win or do the sweep in themselves. Which brings us to the rest of Major League Baseball. The standings right now, as I, we already talked about the NL East, the Rays still have a two-game lead in the AL East. The White Sox, we mentioned as well, have a two-and-a-half game in the Central. Oakland's lead is now down to half a game in the West. The Astros have picked it up a lot. They've won four straight. And then in the Central, the Cubs have a game-and-a-half lead over the Cardinals. And in the West, the Giants have a game lead over the Padres, who've lost four straight. The Dodgers are just a game-and-a-half back. So that division is set to be super, super tight. I'm very interested to see where that division ends up. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch because the Giants aren't going away. Giants aren't going away. I saw a thing on Fox Sports that was giving most likely playoff scenarios. The Mets weren't even making the playoffs. They have the three teams coming out of the West, and then they have the... Braves winning the East, which as it stands right now, I don't think the Braves stand a very good chance, mostly because their pitching's been in shambles with injuries. Their offense has been inconsistent besides Acuna. It, it's just, I don't know. I don't see how that's happening. But around Major League Baseball, you know, Acuna is stealing the world, taking the world by storm, along with Castellanos, who's probably an MVP candidate. There's a lot to... Same with Vlad Guerrero and Adolis Garcia. A lot of names flying under the radar simply because of the teams they're on, you know. But that brings us to the last part of today's episode. This day in Major League Baseball history, Albert Pujols becomes the ninth member of the 600 Homer Club with a grand slam for the Angels. Ninth player, all-time 600 home runs, first ballot Hall of Famer, without a question wonder how many he'll end up with. I don't know. He's closing in on seven. He needs another year or two to hit 700. So we'll see how how that one how that one shakes out. But I, I think Pujols could keep going for another year. If he's just mashing homers, slowly climb up that leaderboard. And we'll see how he goes with that. That's going to wrap it up pretty much for today of Raise the Apple. Not much going on. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. No, we're bleh. No matter where you're listening, and make sure you are also following us on Twitter, RT underscore pod. Here's to the Mets, continuing their hot stretch. Hopefully they can get the job done in San Diego before returning home. And we will see you guys on Tuesday. Let's go Mets.